Okay, so in true Mercury retrograde fashion, this um, recording was a little bit choppy. The audio is not what I would like it to be, but I still think that there is really helpful information in the episode. So I apologize in advance for the quality of the audio and I am working with Anchor to try and figure out how to um, fix this because it's not just happening to me. Um, but moving forward, I'll be doing things differently just so that the quality of my audio for my podcast is not so choppy. Um, so I hope that you still enjoy the episode and can kind of look past the, the choppiness of it. Again, I'm so sorry, but I really do think that some of the, the information that was able to come through would be helpful. So enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. Welcome to season three of Healing with Nama. I'm Casey, aka Nama, and I'm excited to be back recording episodes. Uh, taking some time off to regroup, and I had a busy summer, so I just wasn't able to find the time to record. So I'm happy to be back and give everybody some new content. For this week's episode, I'm really excited because we're going to be learning about something I've been wanting to understand more about, which is astrology. And today we are joined by Jasmine Wilson, an astrologer and Reiki practitioner who is based in Texas and has used her own life experiences to help share information about astrological topics. Jasmine has a bachelor's degree in psychology and focuses her astrological readings on the spiritual, physical, mental, and emotional aspects of our human experience. So welcome to the show, Jasmine. I'm so happy and excited to have you on today to talk to me about this. Um, One of the reasons I wanted to have you on today is because you are um, a Black astrologer, and I think it's important to highlight people in the Black community um, because I am also a Black woman uh, who are making a difference in the spiritual community um, because I feel like it can be taboo sometimes. And I like to talk to people who are doing things a little bit, um, quote unquote, differently. So thank you for joining. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here to speak and share my love and passion for all things astrology, spirituality, and psychology. That's all my jam. That's awesome. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Um, I'm learning now, like how to speak more about myself. So bear with me. Um, Okay. So um, a thing about me, how I, let's talk about how we got House of Chiron to even be a House of Chiron. Um, That's kind of going to give you the background of who it is that I am. Um, So born and raised in Austin, Texas. And um, I'm sure that most people know like Austin now is like a booming city, but growing up here, it was not that at all. Um, 
you know, the, the black community was, you know, basically positioned to one side of town. Um, and now that side of town is going under like some major gentrification. So we are all kind of dispersed and moved out in different areas. And so that is something that I also share with many of my black, you know, communities and whatnot that we all kind of have that experience. Um, but what got me into astrology and psychology was just basically my childhood. You know, we all have some type of trauma or some type of experience in our past that kind of puts us in the position of where we are today. It helps us to develop our why, you know, our purpose and our passion. And um, I come from a background where, you know, my mother, she... Um, she suffered mental health, you know, challenges. And I don't think that she got the help that she deserved. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, it's not necessarily her fault, right? Because one thing that I learned in my spiritual journey is that, um, you know, raising us and giving us all that they had, and we cannot demonize them for not knowing any better. And so, you know, from that understanding is kind of like what created my why of, um, our community, you know, women, men, you know, black, um, we suffer in the mental health areas because we don't have the resources at a very disproportionate rate that we are not seen, we are not heard when it comes to that. And also the stigma about spirituality, the stigma about um, astrology and religion and all of those things kind of keep us from going outside of the box to get the help that we need and that we we should, you know, absolutely deserve. So that's kind of my why. And House of Chiron was built from, of course, childhood experiences that led into my adult experiences, you know, different choices that I made um, in my adult life that I was basically just reliving childhood all over again. It wasn't until I developed that self-awareness and enrolled myself in school for psychology that I started understanding my patterns when I looked into my astrology and said, huh, I'm understanding why I am going through the same cycle over and over. Why person um, just in different, it's an energy, it's a spirit. It is something that I need to be aware of and work through. And so astrology did that for me. Psychology did that for me. And Reiki um, is something that's fairly new. It's not, um, as old in my experience as like uh, astrology and psychology is, but it's fairly new to me, but it's been really helpful with energy healing and balancing, um, you know, just and healing certain aspects of myself. So all of that to say the House of Chiron has like a focus and a, a vision to be like this hub of taboo, like how you stated, um, taboo uh, ways of healing because my motto not one size fit all. It looks different for everyone. And in my case, healing looked like astrology, Reiki, psychology, and diving into spirituality in an unconventional way. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, and like you said, it's not something that's always um, accepted right. in the Black community. I think that's really why I wanted to start a podcast and and wanted to start focusing on having people of color, especially black people on the podcast to talk about this type of stuff so that it's a little bit less daunting and it's not like woo woo or rich craft, you know, like 
it's just an alternative way to heal and not and religion just doesn't work for everybody for me personally i don't feel connected to any religion but that doesn't mean that i don't have faith and i don't believe in god i just the labels and the stigmas and all the extra stuff that comes with religion don't work for me correct right and i don't think that there's anything wrong with finding different things that do work as long as you're leading with like love and positivity and um, you're trying to do good in the world. For me, I don't really see a problem with how you get there. Exactly. I love that. We have similar views. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. Um, Cause that's something that I kind of like struggled with. Um, when first diving into it, my fear of being judged mm-hmm. about my interests, about what was actually feeling good to me, what was actually helping me. And no one should ever feel like that, you know, especially with something towards, you know, something that is actually like helping them, benefiting them, making them a better version of themselves. You should want more of that. And that's kind of like what society does to us. It tells us that we should be this cookie cutter version of what a human is and what a person does and what a good person should look like and should do. And if we don't measure up to that in any way, shape or form, then it's kind of demonized and we are casted out or we're judged. And then we, we end up judging ourselves, right? So there's that inner judge, that inner critic that comes and all of that is just embedded in us in childhood. And so Still, I work through that. I'm not perfect. Although I'm an astrologer, I still don't know everything. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. contrary to the comment, everything we don't know everything. Um, and I'm still working through uh, that aspect of myself of not demonizing myself when something feels good and it doesn't fit into society's roles of what should be good. Yes, and that <clears throat> excuse me is something that's very very important to me. Um, and. I will continue to share that message. I'm I'm just now getting to the point where I'm comfortable with allowing people to see this side of me. Um, and I haven't, you know, the people that are my family and that have known me for my whole life, some of them still don't even know that I, you know, that I have a podcast and that I am a Reiki practitioner and all these things because I just don't feel comfortable mm-hmm. um, yet with that, you know? So it's something that, I am working through and I'm excited to talk to you about. I think we have a lot in common. You have a psychology background. I actually have a degree in human development. So a mix of psychology and um, sociology and just looking at a person as a whole. So that's awesome. I love that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, I feel that psychology and sociology on their own kind of are one-sided. That's Mm -hmm. just my view. Mm-hmm. So when you mix them together, you can really get a good view of the full person, you know, um, their social aspects, the things that were going on around them in their environment, things that were mm-hmm. out of their control, um, things that are genetically, you know, um, just going to happen for them. So it's just a, people are very complex and I find them so interesting mm-hmm. um, that I just human development was the way to go for me. Um Yeah. So how did you end up learning more about astrology? Okay. So of course, you know, we grew up knowing scopes and, you know, the typical kind of reading and whatnot. And um, my mom, she actually practiced um, a little bit of astrology. So I would hear it from her here and there, but it wasn't like 
also uh, my mom she you know practiced you know candle magic and things like that but it was also mm-hmm. demonized in the family and in our you know environment that she did that she became like this very woo woo woman um that was either feared or rejected and so even i and so parts of me rejected her as well right so mm-hmm. i got into it because like, i got into um, astrology during my saturn return you know saturn will all i can go into detail on that um a little bit but saturn when it comes back to the exact same spot that it was when you you know, the universe has, you know, signs and aspects and it's at certain mm-hmm. degrees. And it's kind of like you take a snapshot of that and that maps out your life. And so that's a natal chart, right? That's how you get your natal chart. And so that Saturn return every 28 and a half, same spot that it was when you were born. And it puts you through the test. It makes you face your fears. Um, you'll see like when you're in your 50s, it's that energy. Um, midlife crisis kind of energy for most people. So you'll see that happening. Um, That's the Saturn return, you know, in your 50s and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And it kind of like makes you go back and rebuild what isn't working for your path, right? Where you're trying to go, what you're trying to create in your actual uh, quote unquote destiny, right? So it'll take things away. It'll say to be here for them. Saturn is all about longevity, and if something is not going to stand the test of time, because also Saturn rules mm-hmm. time, um, then it will remove it. It will put it through the test, and it will take it away. And I have Saturn and Scorpio in my seventh house, so and put them together. That you know was a divorce. That was filing bankruptcy. That was going homeless. That was you know all of the seventh house Scorpio energies. Me facing my fears of not having. Um, enough to take care of my children, Um, me not having the resources, me being single and trying to rebuild my life and not knowing what to do. And I had to face all those fears. And I got into astrology because it was a crisis. I was in mid-crisis and I didn't understand what was going on. Something was Mm -hmm. tugging at me. Spirituality was tugging at me. So one YouTube video about ancestry, you know, deconstruction of... Christianity and of religion led to astrology because, you know, there's some type of similarity within within the Bible as well as within astrology. And so that led to mm-hmm. one thing, put me down a whole rabbit hole. Now I'm in school for psychology and now here we are. <laughs> wow. That's so interesting. I always find people's stories. I just love learning about people and how they got to where they are because it's interesting and especially when you start to open up to um your spiritual gifts and the way that the universe does um affect us you know um it does play a part whether people want to admit that or not it makes sense and it's not just something made up it actually makes sense when you look at people's lives it's like oh okay this is why this is happening it's like if you just and accept that that's what's happening you can be opened up to a whole, you know, list of things that you could be doing differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <clears throat> I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, but it's so interesting. Oh, no, like no astrology, worries. It has so many different types of astrology. Like there's 
you have medical astrology, you have Vedic astrology, Western traditional, you have all these different types of astrology and they all help you with different things. And like even medical astrology tells me um, what it is that I need to do like in the optimal amount of health, right? It's a state of most healthy. I need to make sure I have these sets of things. I need to make sure my mindset is in this way or I'm doing these type of activities. And it's like, if we utilize that, I mean, like we would not have the issues that we're having right now in um, the, the health we're under. So I just find it that if people would not see it as a belief system, because I don't see astrology as a belief system. Like, I don't believe in astrology. I follow astrology. Um, it's more so a language than anything. It's more so a tool that you can use to help you. But a belief system, I don't see it as that. So I think it's just kind of like that mindset of switch. And the benefits of it will then come into play. Awesome. Yes, I totally agree with you. Um, so what are some of the basics you can give us about zodiac sign? So, you know, when most people refer to their zodiac sign, they're referring to their sun sign. Is that right? Yes. So the most important you'll hear people ask, um, your big three is your sun, your moon, and your rising, also known as your ascendant. So you can use that term interchangeably. So your sun is basically when you were born, the sun was in a certain constellation. Me, I. So the sun was in the sign of Gemini when I was born. Then you have has a transit every through the zodiac, right? It switches from one sign to the next. So <clears throat> it takes a whole month, twenty-eight days, give or take, for the moon to transit through all twelve signs. Mm -hmm. I have so when I was born I was born during the season of Gemini under an Aries moon and then I have a uh, Taurus rising so my rising um, is when the at the time that you were born the horizon where it was in the con born in the morning um, I have a early so the earlier signs Aries Taurus um, cancer, Leo, so on. Those are the earlier signs. So typically um, you'll have like an early rising. So when the sun came up and I was born at that time, the horizon was in the constellation of Taurus. That's how you actually like the world. It also tells you the trajectory of your life um, and also perceive energy and how you project yourself outwardly to the world that is your rising so your your emotional but like how you respond to the environment to the outside stimuli it also can um reflect your relationship with your and you know even if you're going to be a mother you can even look at that in your chart as well depending on your moon placement and your house placement so i mean that's basically kind of like how it is, how you would need to see. The most important are the sun, moon, and rising. I mean, I feel like all of them are important, but the most uh, popular, I will say, is the sun, moon, and rising. Okay. All right. So that's it. Well, that answers my next question. That's awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, for instance, my – so I have – I haven't had, like, a natal chart, but I, you know, go on those websites and 
I have my birth chart. I don't really understand it. Um, but I know that my sun, my rising and my moon are all Gemini. So what would that, as an astrologist, what might that tell you about me? <laughs> yes, I've done it multiple times just because I'm like, I wanted to be sure. But every time that I enter my, my birthday, my birth time and all that stuff, it always comes back the same way. So I'm just, when I tell people that they're like, wow, you know, and I'm like, why, wow, what, what does that mean? I don't understand. Yeah, it's rare. Um, it's rare that the alignment of, if you think about like how the, the earth rotates and the axis of how it rotates and where the constellations are, where the sun is and everything, like even with the rising, like when Gemini season, the moon was also mm -hmm. in Gemini. So you were born on a new moon. So oh. that's very interesting. And you were born during the hour of Gemini where the sun was rising during that time. So that's very rare. I want to look and see how accurate that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please, please, um, you know, tell me if I'm inaccurate, you know, because I've tried to do it a couple of times just because I'm like, it doesn't seem... Uh, normal for lack of a better word but i'm like if no. you um i mean i don't mind looking it up it's, it's now i'm intrigued sure but that that tells me a lot um it tells me a whole lot okay so okay let's see oh you are a triple gemini <laughs> yeah oh my goodness that is so rare. I have never read a triple Gemini. Yeah, oh, wow. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that might explain so, my life. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So first and foremost, um, your son is it's like sitting right. Focus is how you see the world, how you show up. It's it's everything. Like, um, you probably look just like your father, by the way. So that might be something. Oh gosh. <laughs> thanks for telling me that I hear that a lot um but your mother's influence has a lot to do with how you project yourself and how like even like within your body you probably have like your mother's height or her size or shape or something like that um but she has a lot of influence on how you actually show up um and what your values are and the things that you possess and you know, she may have a lot of influence in regards to that because the moon is uh, ruling your second house. So, yeah, that's very interesting. Very interesting. Um, and how you see the world, you just need to be able to relate. In your environment, like, that's how you learn is through relating to other people, your environment, um, whether it's books, conversations, media. I mean, this podcast is perfect for you. So, yeah. Yeah. I wow. like this. That's very, very, it's good to get some insight and kind of put the pieces together because, you know, I've had this birth chart, <clears throat> excuse me, since like 2020 and I just leave it in my, in my pictures and I go back to it and I'm still like, I still don't know what this means, but I'm going to keep it because one day, you know, it might make sense. Um, so it's good to kind of get a little bit of that insight. But yes, I am a, a triple Gemini, rising moon and sun. Right, so if you want to ask, you can say I'm a triple G. 
<laughs> That's funny. Um, <laughs> okay, so what's a simple way that people like me can understand their birth charts? Because I, you know, I get lost with the houses and the Venus sign and the North Node and all that stuff. The houses are a totally separate thing, so I'll ask you about that later. But at least, you know, the birth chart where it has all the planets and all that stuff. How could somebody understand that if they are like me? Okay, so, well, first, you know, it's kind of like learning a new language, you know, you're going to need to understand it in the way that you actually can digest any type of information, right? So if you are better at reading books or better at, it's going to kind of like be in that way. But I know that it's just kind of like a PDF cheat sheet. Um, most astrologers may have them on their websites where it tells you what the sun is and kind of what it represents, what the moon and, you know, what Venus represents and whatnot. Um, but you can always kind of like dive into books and have an understanding. Um, Venus and Taurus, you can see, okay, well, Venus rules these things, right? Typically in everyone's life, but it's in the sign of Taurus and Taurus rules these things. So when you put the two together, it means that I have a combination of those two energies that work together. Then when you add the house placements, that's a different story, but definitely um, look for like a cheat sheet that will tell you, um, you know, your son, you know, it's about your focus, your goals, your vitality, your personality, you know, your moon is your emotional space. So when you actually kind of get an understanding of it represent, and then what each sign represents, then it kind of starts making sense. Um, and then you can kind of take it a step further because it's very detailed and it's literally like learning a new language. Yes, it's very intricate. <laughs> and I think that's kind of what's hindered me from moving forward because I haven't, you know, I don't know how or where to start um, because it just from the outside looking in, it feels very convoluted. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even like I'm on I'm a big TikTok person, so when people are trying to explain things, I'm just like, I just don't understand. Like, it's just, it's never basic enough for me to, to grasp, I guess. So this is a good way to like, think about it. Yeah. So I would um, recommend some books. Um, but I'm actually about to start a series on my social media that's going to kind of like dive more into helping people understand astrology one-on-one kind of like basic information um so most like if an astrologer is a really good astrologer at teaching and explaining things you can kind of have like an understanding and a lot of aha moments um but it's not necessarily the easiest thing to understand because I remember when I was getting into it I was like ready to throw in the towel like I understand that I know this and this but what does this mean my, mm -hmm. my biggest problem for me was um, like I understand the rulership so the rulership is like the sun is ruled by or excuse me the sun rules Leo the moon rules Cancer right those are our two luminaries the only two luminaries right so I understood that and then you know Venus it rules Taurus and Libra but then what happens when it's in that's where the problem comes in it's like okay so it's in a different sign so it has a different characteristic right so it's like the meaning the characteristic and then when you put the house it's like okay 
um, how can I understand? So the house placements are just, I, well, I know you but yeah, it's just kind of understanding what each element is for. Right. Okay, this is, oh, it's 11, 11 on my side of, my side of the earth. Yes, it's a good and there's one 11 over here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's good. I'm, I know that, you know, when I'm done with the episode, I'm going to have to, like, listen to it again and take notes and, like, really try to remember everything that you said so I can understand. Because I had uh, a tarot reading earlier this year, I believe, with um, uh, Jay Alyssa, who I've mm-hmm. also had on the podcast. And she was saying that I need to get more into astrology and I need to start learning astrology. And I'm like, I'm trying. I don't know. I don't I understand. Agree. Like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm really trying. I just, I'm looking you know. at your chart and you, you have a Gemini rising, right? So mm-hmm. you're midheaven, which is what you're supposed to be living up to in this world, right? So like you see your ascendant more as the mask that you wear, but your midheaven is who you really are. So you have that in Aquarius and Aquarius rules, astrology and technology and innovation, humanitarianism, all be living up to and your north node is also there so north node is like your purpose why you're here what you manifested into this reality to do and it's in your ninth house so you might even become an astrologer so just throwing it out there and that's just based off what i'm seeing in your chart yeah well that's so a, I, that's I a okay well that's good to like get the confirmation you know so I think it's something I will actively pursue moving forward because I love to to learn. So um, I just got really thrown off. I'm like, wow, okay, double confirmation. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, the houses. So mm-hmm. how the the most basic, like if you were teaching this to a preschooler or something, mm-hmm. that's how I need you to explain the houses to me. Okay, so we have 12 houses, just like how we have, and so each zodiac, excuse me, each zodiac sign um, sits in each house. Now, depending on your rising, it's going to change where that zodiac is sitting in that house, right? So um, think of it like a wheel. The first house is yourself. The second house is... um, It is what you have, right? What you possess. The third house is what you think and what you learn. The fourth house is your home, family, and your security, what makes you feel safe, right? Um, The fifth house is children and joy, what lights you up, your hobbies. The sixth house is your daily routines and habits, also the work that you do. Your seventh house is other people and the commitments that you make. The eighth house is your resources and intimate relationships. It's also karma and debt and things like that. Your ninth house is your beliefs and your path, your sense of adventure. The 10th house is your career, public image, your public persona, your responsibility to the world. Your 11th house is your legacy, is what you leave after you've done all that you need to do in this world. And it's also your goals, your also friendships and networking circles. House it is what I like to call the ending and the beginning. Um, it is spirituality. It's um, the house of undoing. It is healing and creativity. 
So I like to call it the ending and the beginning because it also represents the and it also represents death, right? So it's like the very beginning and then where you return in the end. Wow. That was a really good explanation. I feel like yeah. I can like I can that's a clear way of like putting it. I'm very um cut and dry and like black and white sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I need things to be clear so that makes it very clear to where I can go back and listen and like write that down and that'll be a good place for me to really start understanding you know more because you know people that I know know that I'm in spirituality and I'll be like oh you know it's a new moon or something like that and they're like Mm -hmm. well what does that mean I'm like I don't really know but I heard that on Instagram and stuff like I don't really know what it means so people are curious about it and they they think that I'm the person to ask so I would like to be able to answer those questions Mm -hmm. um you know because I'm already kind of in that realm so what um sorry I the last thing that I well one of the last things that I wanted to ask you was Mm -hmm. um about moons so new moon full moon um mercury retrograde which you're in right now Mm -hmm. what can you speak on about those things? Um, okay, so new moons. Um, it is when the sun and moon come into a conjunction. So a conjunction is just another term for an aspect that we have when two or more planets are in the same sign at the same degree. So um, when it's conjunct, it amplifies the energies of those planets amplifies the energies of whatever sign those planets are in and when it's a new moon if you notice the one moment out of the entire month you cannot find the moon in the sky at night and that is because it is right next to the sun so when of course when it's nighttime the sun is on you know underneath us where we can't see it, and that's where the moon is because they're right next to each other they're conjunct wow that is a new moon, and new moons are always a on a spiritual level. It's a time to set new intentions for the next six months ahead. So we have a new moon every month, and if we're lucky, sometimes we have two, um, which is you know once in the blue moon. That's where that term came from. Um, so have a new moon once a month, and every month is going to be in a different sign, mostly. Sometimes it has happened where it's in the same sign or uh, it's it's been a very rare occasion. I believe that happened like 2020 or something like that, but don't quote me. Um, but that new moon energy, when it comes together, you're supposed to set your intentions based on where that energy is happening in your chart. And this is so you can have the, um, like really amplify your manifestation ability, right? Because everything's happening in cycles. Everything is about timing. And I feel like astrology is good for that. So say, for instance, this week we have a new moon that happens in the sign of Libra, right? So that means that it's going to be Libra season, right? The sun has moved into Libra. That indicates a new season. And the moon is going to also be in Libra. So they're going to be conjunct in Libra. Now you will have to go to your chart and say, okay, where does Libra sit in my chart? in your fifth house so you setting new intentions about your creative self-expression um if you were looking to have children you know fifth house represents that having children um or healing your inner child 
um, diving back into the things that bring you joy, maybe like bringing back an old hobby or diving into new hobbies. And since it's happening during Libra season, you would look during the opposite season of Libra, which happens to be Aries, right? So six months later, we'll be in Aries season when we have the Libra full moon. And that full moon is indicating the culmination moon energy and those intentions that you set during Libra seasons. So you have a Libra new moon, you wait six months later, you'll have a Libra full moon of that Libra or that, you know, previous season. So during that time, you'll be able to say, okay, I set these intentions to do X, Y, and Z. Like say you're looking to get into art or creativity of some sort, your self-expression, and you set those intentions at the new moon in Libra to say Aries season, um, you know, started doing like an art gallery or you started, you know, back doing the hobby that you once did before or uh, you was having a baby or something like that. And it's actually happening within that time frame. You can see what his actual months and it's all in alignment to your actual timing. So sometimes we get kind of caught up when we are trying to create things that's just not necessarily in our timing. And it's because we're not necessarily living in alignment to who it is that we are, our own path. We're watching other people and seeing what they're, you know, having and whatnot, or what society tells us that we should be doing by a certain time. It's like, okay, well, I want that. And then we get frustrated when it doesn't happen. But if we stay in alignment to who it is that we are, we'll be completely connected with those manifestations and those intentions that we're setting. And like, hey, this is what I really want. And it's in alignment to your charts and alignment to your timing. And then you can actually see those things manifest in that cycle. Okay. I hope that was helpful. <laughs> yes. I'm just, I'm absorbing it and I'm trying to process it all. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes a lot of sense. And it's like bringing me clarity because I do, I don't do like a full like routine as much as I used to, but I've been wanting to kind of get back into like manifesting and doing my new moon, you know, stuff and my full moon stuff and putting it into that perspective of like, you know, work with who you already are, you know, work with where you already are as far as your birth chart makes a lot of sense because it probably would um, make things move a lot more smoothly. Right. If I worked with it. Right. And then a full moon is a great time for releasing. Right. So um, it's the time to trim the fat, let things go that have has not worked or to just reap the harvest. Right. So think about they use the, the moon cycles for like the farmer's almanac. Right. So they would know what harvest to reap because they're following the moon cycle. So if you understand what harvest you're reaping at that full moon, you'll be able to say, okay, this has worked, this has blossomed, this has come into full bloom, and now anything else that has not worked or no longer resonates, I can release that and let it go. It's not going with me on this journey. I'm packing light. When we have new, we can set fresh new intentions. Wow. Okay. All right. That's awesome. That's so good. Okay. (laughs) And then... um, I'm going to be having a lot of like aha moments like Oprah says. So just bear with me because my brain is kind of like just my wheels are spinning right now. Um, Look, I'm a Gemini. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, I have to like, you know, at the end of the day, I have to sit back and think throughout the day and like process things and really go back through stuff. So it takes me a minute, not a, not necessarily a quick thinker. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it. Um, and then the Mercury retrograde, people are very afraid of that. And it has a, a kind of a bad connotation. So what can we say about that? Okay, let's let's try and get rid of this fear mongering of the Mercury retrograde. Okay, so first I want to tell you that Mercury is your chart ruler. So anything that happens to Mercury happens to you. I want you to take care of that energy. Okay, keep that, put that in your pocket because you are a triple Gemini. You definitely feel anything that happens to Mercury. Um, So Mercury retrogrades are just a time for us to review what is not working, Um, to take a break, to slow down, to reprocess some things. You hear retrograde, I want you to hear re, review, revamp, revise, rest, relax, um, reassess. However, just kind of go over things once again, um, tweak them if they're needed. And then when Mercury, when it moves forward, then you can implement the changes that you were creating during the retrograde. Like, okay, I need to make a change to this. And if there are any like mishaps or hiccups that are happening, then it's just an indication of, Hey, I need to slow down or, Hey, this isn't working anymore. I need to try and rethink how this is, how this can work for me, or this is no longer bringing me harmony. I need to review or revise or remember what once brought me harmony. So that's kind of like the energy that we're in right now with Mercury being in Libra and Libra rules, harmony and balance and all of those things. And so we are reviewing and reassessing well, in partnerships, our commitments to others, our commitments to ourselves, um, you know, how we're relating to our environment and the many opportunities that could be presenting them. Um, lots of things are kind of coming up for review. And if we take our time to just breathe and relax and like process what's happening instead of um, trying to rush through it, uh, or getting frustrated when things aren't going our way. It's really helping us to release control when Mercury goes retrograde. Okay. All right. That's a really good way to explain it. I'm glad you kind of um, destigmatized it a little bit. and Maybe people will be able to calm down a little bit. Um, <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah, because I think even when people don't understand it, what they do understand about it is all the bad stuff. And so it just kind of takes a life of its own and people start being afraid. It's like, oh God, here goes Mercury retrograde. And personally, I feel like some of that energy causes things to go wrong because you're expecting Mm -hmm. all of these bad things to happen during Mercury retrograde. So it's kind of affirming what you are calling into your experience. Um, And so, yeah, I've been trying to be mindful of that and not let myself fall into like, oh my gosh, all these things are going to happen. And just like, no, it's not necessarily the case. Let's get let's get clear on what we want to see happen, and then you know maybe those things won't happen. It's like hypothetically, a lot of the times when Mercury goes retrograde, issues with your vehicle comes up because Mercury rules transportation and our cars and you know our daily commute. Um, so that's a time for you to get your maintenance done on your vehicle. Go get your oil changed. Go check your tires. Um, you know, just take care of your business small 
we have an understanding of what Mercury rules, we'll see where these things are actually coming up in our chart. Mercury rules how we relate to our environment. It also rules our immediate environment and our like neighbors, literal neighbors. So it's like um, you might even have people that you once related to. And it's just an indication that if you don't want these people in your life, then maybe you need to block them. Or maybe you need to make yourself not so available. You know, it's just showing you where you need to have your boundaries, where you need to revise certain things in your life. Okay. Go ahead and, you know, you just read me, so. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's like a specific situation that I've been really thinking about and, and like trying to figure out how I feel about and I'm just kind of like okay all right I see thank you thank you universe (laughs) you sent me the message I get it Um, well Gemini is uh, Gemini and Mercury they're the messengers so always coming through with a message (laughs) yeah I I always am open to messages when I get them and I always say you know to people like focus on the message and not the messenger because Sometimes people won't listen to the message that they're supposed to be getting because of who it's coming from or where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. So I'm always open to getting whatever it is and applying it where I think it needs to be. And that was definitely one of those things. Um, yeah. So the last thing I wanted to ask you was what are some good sites people can get their like their full birth chart or natal chart if they can't necessarily um, get an astrologer's reading? Because sometimes it can be a bit pricey. Um, or it might just not be realistic for someone. Um, I always say stay away from like astrology kind of culture ones. Um, mm-hmm. I would say try Astro Seek. Um, I know Cafe Astrology used to be a really big, like famous one, um, but I'm really not a fan. I honestly am not a fan of um, Cafe Astrology. I'm sorry. No no shame to them, but just not. <laughs> I, I recognize that, you know, now that I'm an astrologer and I have, like, more understanding that so Cookie cutter? And they're not specific. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I feel like, I know for me, I try to, like, on my on my site, I made, like, it available for afterpay. You can actually get a reading and you can make it in payments, um, mm-hmm. you know, small payments and whatnot. And I try to do it to be, you know, making it really. Say, if you cannot get an astrologer, um, try Astro Seek. Um, you know, Cafe Astrology will give you a free reading, but it's not going to be um, very specific to your individual chart they're going to tell you like the aspects and going to tell you the description of what that planet means in that certain sign um but to actually like give you more detailed and go through all the nuance of what that is um i don't really see that that being something unless you get it written directly from an astrologer that's taking the time to write it out for you okay and that's honest, you know. That's my thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's an honest opinion and um, something that people need to consider because I know even for me in the past, like just earlier this year, I tend to take things literally. And so see it, you know, on this thing that's supposed to be telling me my birth chart, then I take that literally and it may not be tailored to me specifically. So it's good to know that you kind of need to discern 
what actually makes sense. Right. You know, because there's the general readings. Like, even if you were to go onto YouTube, and I do general readings, too, also on YouTube. So it's like, you go on YouTube, and there's a reading for Gemini for the month of September. And it's just based off your, a, a general reading based on where the, in your chart, if you are a Gemini rising specifically, um, because the, the rising sign tells you the actual timing of things, whereas the sun is kind of like your goals and your focus for that time. As made more so like on a career or your focus kind of energy. And then if you have like a Gemini moon, then it's more so related on um, it's like uh, how you're feeling or what's actually going on in your home or with your family instead of it being like an actual literal thing that's like for you specifically. Like the most accurate reading I would suggest is that people first listen to readings if they're rising. Last, right? So that way, and I always recommend to listen to all three so you get a very well-rounded view of the energy or the reading that, you know, you're getting at that time. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. I guess I'm lucky because I only have to just watch one. I don't have to, like, <laughs> bounce around. <laughs> I don't have to yeah, worry about that. Happy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, it's just like, I just go straight to the, you know, the Gemini because it's all, it all plays a part. And it makes sense to my experience and how I am. And just, yeah, it just makes sense. Um, so how can people get connected to you? Yay. Um, so I am at House of Chiron TX everywhere. So that's H-O-F-C-H-I-R-O-N-T. X for Texas, and you can find me there on Instagram, um, TikTok. My YouTube is House of Chiron Gemini Jazz, um, J A Z Z, like the music. Um, my Facebook is House of Chiron, and my website is www.houseofchirontx.org. And if me directly you have my email jasmine at house of chiron tx.org and that's j-a-s-m-e-e-n okay that's great i'm so excited i'm so happy that you were on the show i felt like i learned so much um just having you on here and having your energy and getting to kind of get to know you even though it's just audio uh, it feels you know you can still feel people's energy and I feel like um, it was a really good choice and I'm glad I've been kind of like not stalking you but you know like watching your social medias and stuff and kind of trying to see when was the right time to reach out um, and I'm glad that I did um, yes I'm glad because this too. was really, really helpful yeah Yay, I like anytime. to you know just keep an eye out on people yeah you gotta Especially since spirituality and astrology is becoming mainstream, um, you know, you just kind of got to fill people out for their authenticity more so than anything. Um, I tell you, I live, breathe, eat, sleep, astrology and spirituality all day long. My children probably are done with me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, oh, you acting like that because that's your cancer rising. You know, that's (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay, the becoming that person 
Mm-hmm. I do that with everyone. Yeah, starting to become that. Yeah, it it makes sense though. Like, but I want to be more on point when I do it because you know somebody tells me like, oh, I'm an Aries. I'm like, ooh, but that's only because of my experience with Aries mm-hmm. or um, my experience with Aquarius men, especially. Um, mm-hmm. Although. Even though they're a little intimidating, I seem to get along pretty well with them. So who knows? Yeah, they're it's um, the Aquemini. That's that Aquemini energy. That's really dope. It's the intellectual aspect that you get from an Aquarius. It's like they understand how eccentric you really are. Yeah, it's, it's just, and that's it's completely different. It's a different. Um, it's just different. I don't know. It's it's very. It's hard to explain, but I think you understand where where I'm trying to go with that. Um. But yeah, I'm just so I'm thankful that you were on here. Um, I hope that we can keep in touch. I think I already follow you, but now that you know who I am, um, <laughs> I hope that yeah. we can you know stay stay connected. And I'd love to have you on another time and just talk more about this or anything. You know, eventually have you on again and just talk more about astrology. Yes, of course. Count me in. I'm here. I'm going to see, uh, I'm looking at my YouTube, uh, not my YouTube, my Instagram right now to see if I follow you. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either, but we can connect afterwards. (laughs) Of course, of course. Um, So thank you so much for being on here with me and sharing your knowledge with everyone. I really appreciate it. I hope you have an amazing day. And yeah, it's been awesome. I am very excited to have been here today. So I appreciate you and all those things and even feeling and seeing that, you know, what I have to offer will be valuable to your listeners. So I am in full gratitude. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Bye.